Welcome to TC Tiawi Talks, Tia Chucha Centro Cultural located on Tataviam land in the Northeast San Fernando Valley is rooted in ancestral knowledge, culture, the arts, literacy, and social justice as a means to personal and communal transformation. It is a place where hearts and minds have united for change for over 19 years. Join us as we share the stories of personal transformation and our understanding of the world that unites us as a community. We must remember that another world has always been possible. Tiawi, a Nahuatl word for adelante to move forward. Like a spiral, together we move towards a better future, cognizant of the resiliency we carry from our past. Hello, my name is Atlacatzatochtli. I'm one of the co-hosts for today's the podcast. Hi, my name is Rebecca Gomez. I am another co-host for today's podcast. Um, and today we have Karina Ceja, who is the organizer to Celebrating Words Festival that um, Betia Chuchas brings to the community every year. So uh, I, will let, I guess we will let her introduce herself further, but if you can do that, please. Yes, hi. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Tochi, for having me. Uh, my name is Karina Ceja, and I am the CWF uh, Celebrating Words Coordinator um, for Tia Chuchas. Cool. So we have a little icebreaker. I don't know if, do you, do you think we should do the icebreaker, icebreaker question first? Yeah, let's, let's do, it. do it. Okay, so we can get into the, the, the mood of what <laughs> of today. <laughs> um, so icebreaker question is, what character did you pretend to be when you were a child? And uh, Trying to invoke that, remember that imagination um, that we had as children. Um, so what, what character did you pretend to be? So I guess whoever, um, let's see who's ready. Are you, who's ready? I'm ready. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Um, well, when it came from my own or organic imagination, sometimes I, I pretend to be an old man. And I don't, I think that's a part of just the whole baby trip that, children will do and uh, try to experience adult life or imagine what it would be like. But for some reason, uh, I was uh, I was one classy old man, and I was just <laughs> <with> that <laughs> European classy old man stereotype. Oh, and uh, other than that, I dress up as like Spider-Man a lot, and my family would tell me, uh, and then I dress up as mm. Spider-Man like during the summer. And, uh, my dad has this memory of me going into a hospital and um, and being Spider-Man. So when they, they tried to talk to me and ask me about like, oh, you're Spider-Man, like why are you just, or whatever, talking to me, I wouldn't say anything. Cause I was Spider-Man and Spider-Man is um, mysterious and Spider-Man is, um, moves in silence until he just goes mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, that was, that was my inspiration <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> Um, I can go next. I, you know, I, I was thinking about this question and I, I don't know if I can point out a specific character that I, I, you know, I, um, saw myself as like a, a, a another, you know, real character, but I know that since I was a kid, like I've always, um, tapped into like this, my competitiveness always showed up when, when boys kind of made me be, Make, made me feel like I was less and I couldn't do as good as them and so there was always this like this inner um you know gutty that would like fight that off and and try to prove them wrong and I remember that since I was a very little kid that I was always like I could do better than you it doesn't matter if I'm a girl and so that's just something that that you know not necessarily that was taught to me but it was something that came instinctual and it came from like within, you know? And so um, that's what I thought about when you, when you asked that question. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so what I um, think about with uh, what character I was, I, I feel like I was also a mix of things um, because a lot of times I was really, my, I think my imagination was um, um, inspired by watching or hearing stories. So, but I didn't see myself as the the hero of the story or whatever. So I would pretend to be a mixture of different characters or like, and have different powers. Like, let's say the the witches um, in the Disney, was it the Disney movies are always like, oh, yeah. 
they're really really cool like women strong women that yeah. have powers and everything so i would mix up that kind of stuff with other characters like aladdin and how he can jump from from one mm -hmm. building to the next building so i would pretend i would be those like a mixture of all that kind of stuff um that's cool yeah <laughs> i love it i love it but yeah but it would be it would have been cool to like i guess if we were younger like to to be all these characters you know and, and see where we you know our imagination takes us you know um, yeah yeah but but i guess um want to open it up uh Doshi, do you have you want to um start with the first question or yeah so today's focus is on the celebrating words festival um which which basically just brings together our community to do exactly what it's called to celebrate words it's the power of palabra that it gives us um our, our like our ability to speak truths and to um share love or share fear or or embrace all, all parts of words and so um because the Chucha is so passionate about literature and um mm -hmm. cares about sharing that there's it's just uh celebrating words festival has such a um a rich history of of spoken word uh the gatherings that have happened in the past and of course because of covid um this year celebrating words is going to be different but maybe we can start with the history of celebrating words um so um yeah just explaining what it is and and also how did it start yeah thank you Butchley. um so celebrating words started in 2005 this year we're um you know um having our 15th annual festival and uh the the festival started as an opportunity to um provide a space for our community to to um to use literacy as a way to express ourselves right um to use words as a way um to um to share and to engage in creative ways of um imagining you know our realities and I think it's really about bringing community together to allow them to to understand and to know or to to tap into their full potential as you know um, as artists, but also as people that have gifts. And um, you know, it it became you know I think when it first started, it was definitely focused on performances and and you know just having this this huge celebration with like super you know talented acts like. You know, I remember Chicano Batman has been on our stage, um, La Santa Cecilia, Las Cafeteras, and, you know, a, a bunch of array of other artists, like LA-based artists, that was awesome and super cool. And, you know, we've always had um, the certain components that we still have now. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it has grown into a space where family really comes to engage in creative workshops and also get resources from the resource fair. Um, or, you know, learn about different things that maybe um, weren't accessible to them before. And, um, yeah. yeah. Those are um, very coherent goals of, of what the Celebrating Words Festival has accomplished in the past. And um, maybe it'd be good to talk about um, why it's important that we have the Celebrating Words Festival in the Northeast San Fernando Valley. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, I think... Um, Having uh, grown up here in Pacoima, I've, you know, I can say that um, we're kind of a community at the margins away from, you know, the, the center of, of um, this like area, which is like downtown LA or maybe like Los Angeles, right? And so I think um, it's really important and it was important for Tia Chuchas to bring this because we needed that space and we needed um, an outdoor pub like accessible space where people can come and engage and um, participate uh, in the arts and participate in literacy right and and have access to things that maybe you know I know I didn't have growing up and so it's really important for us and you know we pride ourselves in being the longest running arts and literacy festival in the San Fernando Valley and I think that that shows how much of a need and how much of a want um, exists here and 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 why we need to continue to have it. How have you seen CWF um, to say um, evolve over the last 15 years or how many years is it? 15 years. Yeah, yeah. 15. Yeah. You know, I think I think the one of the biggest things like I, I mentioned earlier when it first started, it was definitely a, like um, it's always been a huge celebration. And, you know, 
the evolution I think has come from, you know, watching some of the videos I, I kind of watched to before this interview, um, where it went from us having a kid's corner to having like really um, focused, you know, creative engagement areas where we partner with local artists and local organizations to really like have a space where it's not just a corner and it's not just, you know, uh, maybe like um, arts, it's just really intentional, right? So I feel like my, my goal, especially since I came on was to really focus on um, building on that, right? Because I wanted to make sure that there was more engagement through the arts and through literacy and there was more focus on ensuring that folks and families that came um, were definitely were, were um, participating active participators in um, you know these kind of workshops that maybe they haven't done before and to allow them you know to to see that they too have talent they too have you know creative abilities and um, so I think that's one big one you know and the other one is also um, you know I think our resource fairs have definitely grown I think um, uh, you know having built with so many organizations here in the valley but also in LA to bring those resources to Pacoima you know now in the in this in the more recent years um, has also been you know a point of growth and then also just location right like we went from having it at a public park to like you know a, uni a, a local community college and then moving from Silmar to Pacoima um, because we saw the need here we saw that you know there was there was a uh, um, a lot of folks here that, you know, wanted it and needed it. And so I think we've definitely grown a lot in the last 15 years and um, I'm happy to see where it's at now. A part of um, the like changes that must have came from the organizing the Celebrating Words Festival um, because of COVID um, must have like just like impacted the, how it was initially going to be structured. And um, I just want to ask, um, um, how, how that like transformation's been and also um, what should people expect this year because it's not going to be a one day in person event. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, you know, we, this year, um, we were really planning for our largest, you know, festival um, in the last 15 years. It was, a, it's our quinceañera and we um, were growing exponentially. We were moving to a new location from Pacoima City Hall to um, Vaughn uh, G3 Academy and, you know, um, you know, working with more orgs, working with more uh, artists and, you know, of course, it's out of our control what's been happening with COVID and, you know, the festival was put on hold and, um, you know, we had to figure out how we were going to move forward and luckily um, our ED, Michael, is... Um, a super like media, you know, um, nerd. I don't know what else to describe it, but you know, I think he was really excited. I, I think we saw that so many people, so many organizations are leaning into this technology as a form to connect us all, right? And we have Zoom, we have, um, you know, all the social medias that we already have established. So I think, you know, he proposed it. Um, I didn't know how it would work out, but I was down and now we're here. And so we are definitely, um, you know, it, it's going to look different this year. It's all virtual. And we have a whole week of programming um, that we have uh, planned for y'all. And it's going to start on June 22nd and go through the 28th. We have workshops, live workshops, creative engagement workshops that are going to be happening every single day, Monday through Friday. Um, we also have these like small, like pre-recorded videos that we partnered with local artists and, and makers, and they're also going to have like short videos, you know, um, to share with community so that all of this can essentially be available for them in the future. And every night we also have, I think from Tuesday on, we have different programmings from writing workshops, like author readings. I think we have something planned with the Young Warriors. And then we have, you know, a book release with uh, Make a Poem Cry, some DJs, and then uh, Noche de Baile on Saturday with some, you know, yoga and um, some book sales in between. Um, and then we're gonna end with um, a super exciting um, kind of like second annual, but kind of first of its kind book uh, drive-through giveaway, um, you know, adapting to these new ways with, with the COVID and the uh, social distancing. So 
we're excited. As soon as you said uh, drive through book giveaway, my mom turned around and gave me two <laughs> big thumbs up and she smiled. I think families are really excited about yeah. that. I've been sharing that with a, a lot of people too, uh, just that that's going to happen. Um, and uh, um, I, I think I think the the Celebrating Words Festival this week should be really great. So I was wondering, because this is a literacy festival, um, you're organizing a big literacy festival. I just was curious about what you feel the importance of literacy is and the, well, in its role in social justice and uh, imagination. So if we, if we can talk about that, that'd be cool. If I can hear, if we can hear that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's a, that's a really great question. You know, I, I think, you know, I love that you bring up imagination um, and even in the icebreaker, because it's something that um, since I've been working at the Achuchas, you know, Luis and Trini have um, always kind of invoked this, this, uh, this spirit of imagination, right? And, and, and the reason that's important is because we need imaginative, imaginative um, you know, youth and people and next generations to build a future that we haven't seen yet, right? Something different, something new. And so the reason um, literacy is so important to us is because we know that it opens up so much, um, uh, it opens up worlds to people, right? And it's a way for people not, not only to tap into their imagination, but also tap into different truths that maybe are not taught to us in schools, right? In, high, in our um, LAUSDs, in our, um, even at universities, I can, you know, attest to some of that. and. Um, I think right now, especially, you know, being in, in, in these times and for Black liberation, for, you know, ending white supremacy and ending so many structures of oppression, I think books um, and literacy are definitely the source for us to like self-educate, you know. Um, we can no longer really depend on um, institutions or um, governments or, you know, um, these these are these systems that have kind of like kept us in the in the dark for so long that using books and 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 res resorting to to reading is really it's really like that um um that important for us to like unlearn these things that we've been learning but also kind of you know hear from different authors different backgrounds different experiences about their own history their own stories and and their own narratives right and so literacy is has always been super important for Piachuchas and I think those are the reasons and right now because of what's happening everywhere I think it's even more right it's like it's like being uh it's almost like a urgency like to get you those books that you want to you want to get so that you can also learn you know and not have to depend on other people to teach you um but also like you know it's for all ages like from little kids that can start learning about racism at, at a young age to older folks can start you know, um, uh, unlearning why police is not good, right? Or learning why they're not good um, and why we don't want it. So I think literacy is that. I think it's just so much knowledge and so much access to people's experiences that it really offers that to our communities, you know, to 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 grow. And um, that's why we got to read books. <laughs> got to read more books. Yeah, we definitely have to read more books because knowledge is power and the people yes. and all power to the people too at the same time. And if knowledge exactly. is power, then all power to our knowledge. Um, yes. Recognizing right now we're in times of, of black liberation, ending white supremacy um, and knowing that um, this whole like uh, global shift of awareness to like um, make these uh, necessary changes happen uh also like um got rekindled throughout the time for planning for this year's um celebrating words festival now yeah. um from what i remember of last year's uh, celebrating words festival was like super impactful because um the trauma to transformation program had uh a, a lot of art and and literature to to give away um that was focused on like educating people about mass incarceration so i, I think it would be good if, um we could just talk about talk about that what happened last year and um talk about like um how this year is also um tying into our 
our like global shift of ending the narratives of this like dominant culture that's really not not dominant because the people are recognizing that we're all we're all united and we all have power mm -hmm. definitely um i can i can speak on it a little bit too and i think rebecca as a program you know coordinator for trauma transformation you could also chime in um i love to hear from you and you know last year was the first time that we incorporated um the topic of of um, um educating our community on the issues of mass incarceration you know and we were able to um to get some funding so that we can have we can use art as a way to educate and i think um Rebecca and her team just did a really amazing job of taking the information that's already out there and sometimes not accessible um, to turn it into these really powerful visuals that I feel like really, really impacted people, right? Like everything from like the percentage of, of, of I, I don't remember if it was specific, but maybe women that were incarcerated to like percentage of, of black and brown disparate, disparities of, of of men incarcerated in, in the prison system. And, and then just like a whole um, exhibit, you know, that was really like intentionally curated to, to reach our audience, which is, you know, mostly communities of color here in the Northeast Valley. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of people had a lot of great things to say about it in our survey. Um, and, you know, they, they, it seems like people left with um, it being impacted, you know, to them, making an impact to them. And so, um, but yeah, but that was a lot of Rebecca's work and uh, trauma to transformation message, you know, kind of like um, complementing and adding to um, an already established like arts and literacy festival. And so I think it, it, was, it was pretty amazing. Thank you. Um, I'll just add, a, uh, add in um, trauma to transformation's goal is to, it was started two years ago, but it was really uh, inspired by the work of uh, Luis Rodriguez and the work of people who have been doing this for a long time at the Achuchas. And finally, we were able to do a project two years ago from Trauma to Transformation, thanks to the Arts for Justice Fund. Um, and the whole goal of the, of the project is to change the national dialogue on what mass incarceration is and how people view people who have directly impacted uh, by incarceration. So we do that through storytelling and we do that through the arts with visual arts, poetry, um, theater and classes like that. So um, that's the whole goal is because uh, a lot of times people don't know or don't feel like it's an issue because the privilege is not because of privileges and be also maybe also because they don't know anybody that's been directly impacted by incarceration. So um, the we, you know, we were happy that uh, we got to do a, an exhibit like to say the stats like so that I can get because art can do what art can do to many people is um, get to some kind of core in you to feel a certain way and um, to be like oh man I have certain feelings I didn't know I had before so like seeing like let's say reading a poem or seeing an art piece that says how many how much money is going into the education system versus the po like police um, that was like one of the visuals that we try to like um, we try to bring in at this celebrate at the celebrating Wars festival last year's um, mm -hmm. and um, during the this year we're gonna have make a poem cry which is um, an anthology of poetry that's of uh, poets from the Lancaster State Prison um, who are part of East Rodriguez's creative writing class so um, we're excited to to be able to share uh, this and the people some of the folks that um we're actual rally, uh, writers to the book are also going to share the poetry um the editors are going to uh, Lise and and kenneth hartman we're going to share a little bit more about the process um so that's going to be um the uh, june 26 at 8 p.m it's going to be live stream so folks can hear a little bit more about the the work that we're doing um and um the importance of like like literacy um to changing the mindset of, of not not just even changing the mindset but some people already um, have experienced this like policing um, racism classism and um, sometimes we don't know that's like because we live in this world that doesn't have um, I guess 
that denies that as an issue. So literacy and doing uh, personal narrative is really important to be like, this is an issue. What you are feeling is real. Like, um, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's studies even behind it. Like the new Jim Crow is a really important book for um, to show that this is the that racism the that's embedded in the prison system against black folks um is and embedded in not even the prison system but the the society we live in is um it's not we're not imagining things it's real it's like she lays out studies and court cases and things like that so um literacy is really important um so i so i'm just like uh would like to i guess that would be cool if we uh, talked about um, the importance of, I mean, I guess like what's a, what's an important author that you all feel was important to you when it came to your own social, your consciousness and in, in, a, in a way like maybe even just legitimizing you yourself as people of color um, in your experience or like some kind of book that you've learned from um, when it comes to social justice and imagining a different world than the one that we are living in right now. Um, are there any books that were important to, for you all in that yeah. way? Yeah, I I can say that, um, you know, being a, a young brown woman, first generation, you know, college student, um, also kind of leaning into this, like, this idea that assimilation was the way to succeed in this country. Um, I was a teenager at the time, right? But um, I remember going into Chicana Chicano Studies classes and um, getting these books from like, you know, San Cisneros, I think the other one with Ana Castillo. And at the time, like for me, it was, it was important for me to connect to my identity, to my roots, right? And to my culture, because that's what I needed. And then as I got through, you know, as I was going through college and I was learning more, about other authors and other, you know, books out there, I, I realized that, you know, looking back, some of the ones that really impacted me as far as like my political um, uh, position, but also like important things like learning your own power, learning your own voice, um, I think was like Audre Lorde, Sister Outsider, and like some Bill Hooks books that really, you know, um, impacted me in a way where I, 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 be, I feel like I became even more empowered and it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just culture. It wasn't just like, um, maybe like, you know, you know, identity, but it was like all these other things and all these other, um, oppressions as a, that, uh, have been impacting me as a Brown woman, you know, growing up in the society. And so, um, you know, a big shout out to, to all those authors that really guided me along the way. Yeah, I can share um, some books that really had an impact on me. And um, I'd say this one that comes to mind, it's called Future Memory. And it wasn't even about really like social justice, but it was like a metaphysics book mm -hmm. about um, our senses and how um, some senses can connect with other senses and we can taste our thoughts and like um uh, the way we like um all the ways like our feelings are like intertwined to other feelings and it was a really like um spiritual book that talked about um how we're connected to like um all 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 time and space and uh i i think it helped me understand like um, help me just be more like um, grounded in doing uh, uh, social change work and like embracing responsibility like that because um, it went beyond like my human conditions and more of like m me trying to seek out what's my like, spiritual existence and um, and, uh, and I think like recognizing uh, my humanity beyond identity through a, a book of like in other people's stories of their like deja vus or, or um, ways that they've like experienced uh, the present moment but seeing the future come in and um, I think I had a, it had a big like impact on me too and I, I'd say another huge thing has been poetry and the way um, 
but the communities does poetry because then that's shown me how everyone sharing uh, their own words it matters because everyone's thoughts are valid and everyone has their own like emotional experiences and one of us can get vulnerable then more of us can get vulnerable and so all of us are being super vulnerable and sharing like our deepest truths with each other at an open mic or something and that's been really that's been really moving and impactful um, in in my life thank you um thank you. i feel like um i feel you with the with being into your going into chicana chicano studies um mm -hmm. I, I feel like when I first started um, at Cal Poly Pomona, I went into ethnic studies and uh, I was fortunate to be able to go learn about not only how whites, learn about the structure of white supremacy and what it is and how it impacts our communities in different communities in different ways, like um, mm -hmm. privileging certain, certain, certain ways of thinking and being over others, you know, like class, and then like addressing colonization, how has that impacted us, you know, as our community? Um, and I just think, you know, like I'm very, very, I feel very thankful that I was able to read books, like let's say like Borderlands and the Gloria and mm -hmm. and just like um, being able to navigate different worlds that helped my imagination of being like, this world isn't the right way of living, you know? So um, just different examples like that, let's say even learning about what you all do with your with your house, your home at the Ormiguero and being a collective, mm -hmm. even that concept, like learning about how to be a person and a, work as a collective in the communities. Like, I feel like I learned a lot from y'all with uh, just your existence, you know, and seeing how y'all like, um, um, I guess, live your lives, um, carry yourselves, um, like learning about like, you know what, like what the zapatistas do. So I think um, literacy, like I, I feel like I've gotten a little piece of a lot of different things that I, that um, helped me with my understanding and consciousness growing up, uh, what it means to how it how the systems that we are living in um, has impacted the communities in different ways to understand and undo like anti-blackness thinking. Um, and I just wonder, you know, if if we were able to everybody get studies classes since they were kids, if that kind of thinking would have like been got, you know, like undone since kindergarten or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so, so then I'm thinking about like let's say family members are really problematic when racist the way they think, and I'm like, I wonder if yeah, just if people were to know our true history, like it kind of shows like. I feel like if um, how do you see yourself, your own people, and all the uh, and the other folks, you know, like in the anti-blackness that's in our communities. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I just have a lot of thoughts about that and uh, literacy. But I, I really yeah. enjoyed hearing what y'all shared right now. Well, all this talk about literature really has me uh, excited and wondering um, what some of the books that Celebrating Words Festival picked out to give away for the. Yeah, let me tap into that. I, I need to look at the, but um, yeah, we, so we have, I think we're about, you know, about a little over 650 books that we'll be giving away for all ages. And, wow. you know, we focus, yeah, we focus on making sure that all the age groups have, you know, um, a book that they can take home. So we start with, you know, the toddlers, the children's, the middle schoolers, the young readers, um, you know, high schoolers, and then adults, and even like Spanish speaking, Spanish books, we want to make sure that even like our abuelitos and abuelitas, right, tia, tios that don't uh, read in English can also have access to literacy. Um, let me look this up. And then some of the books, there's so many, I can't remember. I know we have um, some little, little libros in there. I think we have the new Richie Valens. We also have San Salvador. Um, we want to make sure our Central American community um, sees themselves reflected in our book selection. We have um, some other, let me see. We have um, some of the children's books are, uh, we have Princess and the Warrior, which is Duncan, Duncan Donatiu. He has really beautiful um, visuals. And, you know, we have um, Julian is a Mermaid. It talks about a little boy, um, sorry, a little, a young person that, um, 
is trying to navigate gender, right? Since they're really, really young. Um, we have like books that are like, be bold, be brave. And it, it, it motivates young kids to, to, to be brave and to be bold and to speak their mind. Um, uh, everything we have, a we have a, what do we have? A civil rights then and now a timeline of the fight for equality. And that's the young adult chapter book um, that we, we got this year. Um, we also have, um, I think some of the adult books we can move into like all about love, you know, um, the rose that grew from concrete, I think was out within like 15 minutes last year. So we know that people want it and we wanted to, you know, add it again. Um, we have a TC press book counting time, like counting, like we count stars. And I think that's, a a book that was put together by Luz and Trini when they went to Honduras to do a writing um, workshops with young um, girls in the school for young girls. And um, we have, uh, let's see, I think this year we also did El Alquimista. So in Spanish, we have a couple. Soy, no, yo no soy tu hija, tu perfecta hija mexicana, which is one of our recent, um, our, uh, what is it? Um, the book, uh, the book club. They recently had that one, I think this early this year or later. And then um, we started um, adding some, also, you know, I think given that we've, we've always been very conscious of how we add the books, right? And, and what type of books we have. And I think in, in, in the ways that, as Celebrating Words that we can do better is to ensure that, um, we don't always just include one or two books on racial justice, but that we have it as a um, foundation for, you know, how we want the books to, like, to impact families and to impact um, our communities. Um, and so we added a couple of books on Ghost Boys. I think Ghost Boys is kind of a story. It's for young readers. And um, I think it depicts like a, a, a fiction, fictionalized story of Trayvon Martin and and what it would have been if his if his spirit you know um um kind of like told his story after you know what happened to him and I think that's for like middle school age um we also included uh from Black Lives Matter to Black Liberation and that's a book written by a, a black queer woman um you know telling the story about how Black Lives um, Matter and how that started in Ferguson and where it's at now and then we have a couple of other ones. The Undefeated Kids, Push Out, El Color de la Justicia. And so we're just trying to really um, make our book selection um, really, really broaden in, in, in the different ways, but also focus in, on ensuring that because our schools and because our society doesn't really teach you know, racial, about racial justice, that we make sure that um, our book giveaway, which is a direct connection to our community because they get to take these books home that it's important that we um, we, we keep that focus, you know, um, on these important topics that are affecting and are not just affecting, but really like asking us to to step up and learn more about and, and challenging us to to end these forms of, of, of oppression, you know? And, um, and yeah, so that's a little bit of the book giveaway that we have planned this year. And um, I don't have an exact total, but I wanna say it's over 650 books that will be given away for all ages. So. And that's happening on June 28th from 10 a.m. to about 1 p.m. here um, in Pacoima. And you can always get more details um, through our, you know, social medias and our website. So. This would be a great time to share information about how people can get connected and how they can learn more about uh, what to expect and also where to expect uh, updates just in terms of like the next workshops and all yeah. that. Yeah, um, so um, we will have, we have a Facebook invite um, that will be updated more frequently uh, to give information as it comes out, but also like our Facebook and our Instagram are always great ways to um, stay up to date. I feel like our Instagram is like the first place we post and then it goes everywhere else. So I encourage people to follow us on Instagram at Fiachuchas and um, you know, all of our flyers will have a bit.ly a bit.ly link so that uh, it facilitates a little bit easier for folks to be able to find where we're going to be at. You know, we'll be streaming through the Zoom, but also I believe on Facebook and YouTube and also archiving all of those programs and all of those workshops in our channel. 
So I also encourage you to um, follow our Tia Chucha Centro Cultural YouTube channel um, so that you can have access to all of that and be updated. Um, but I think those are the main ways and everything will be virtual. So, um, you know, we know not everybody has the technology, but if you do have, you know, a laptop, uh, an iPad, any, any of that, you can definitely catch us on, on these like public, you know, forums. Uh, so, yeah. So then would it be possible for people that are, um, say out of state or not from the area to also engage in the workshops um, uh, in their own way? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, um, you know, just like we talked about how, you know, we can no longer have right now an outdoor festival. And so it changes the way that we're used to doing things. I th think there's always positive things that come out of like these like big changes, right? And so now people from all over the world can potentially join us if they want to, you know, and um, it's easily accessible through these streams, these live streamings um, and through the technology. So um, like I said, it's, it's, you know, it's all, it'll be on our, on our Instagram and our Facebook and people can connect with us there. Awesome. I want to take a, a moment to just recognize the impact Celebrating Words Festival has had like on, on my, on my tongue and my life because like, um, just the times that I've been there, it's like, yeah, we're really celebrating words now, like wondrous is it to just celebrate words with a whole lot of gratitude and just like um all the ways that I've been like moved and have moved others just by um hearing people speak or speaking myself or reading writings or sharing my own uh, it's a it's a reciprocal like domino effect that we get to like share positivity and love and and like imagine the world we want to live in and create and it it all comes from here and out when we speak we speak that truth so i just really i'm grateful to celebrating words festival for existing in our community for so long thank you what would you say is your favorite memory from from the experience oh man i'm trying to think i i know that was a question in the <laughs> in the prompt and it i i wanted to find find a specific one and um you know like I remember I guess it's a little bit of my journey with celebrating words festival like I remember like you know showing up to I think it might have been the second annual and it was at the park at Carrizo and not going with anyone like I found out about the festival and I was like I want to check this out right and I believe that year was when Las Cafeteras, maybe. Oh, and La Santa Cecilia performed, and that's why I went. But I remember that year being like, you know, I was sitting on the grass and I was just enjoying the festival and seeing seeing um, something come together that I had never seen before in my community, right? Like, um, I had been already organizing on as a student organizer on campus, but that was also like within an institution that doesn't always have, um, you know, people feel it's accessible to them. And so I think um, I think I remember that time so much because I I was literally able to just sit there and observe right and take it all in and see and see the power of something like this existing in your community and you know having grown up here like we've never had that you know we've never anything like it that I can remember and so I think those are you know definitely my one of my favorite memories just because I've come a long way right I've come. Um, through the festival as a as a volunteer on different different components different committees and for you know Michael to approach me and ask me to to coordinate it like I feel like it's such a huge honor it's such a it's you know and for me because of who I am a lot of pressure right to do something that's super like amazing and um, incredible for our community um, but I think also also some of my favorite memories is seeing you know, one of the things we do at the festival every year is we culminate um, an eight-week music class, right? And I've seen how music has really impacted young lives and young people that, you know, I have memories of um, seeing, like, for example, like, just like the young folks or the kids come in and they're super shy, they're super timid, you could tell they're nervous, they've never held a guitar before, like a song or a harana, 
And, you know, you go through the eight weeks and then those kids are no longer the same kid that came in that first day. And you see how much confidence, how much, um, how much, how much uh, just light that it brings to their life to know that they have a potential in them, that they've tapped into this gift. And it's all because we offer these free classes or donation-based classes. And then at the end of their eight weeks, they get to perform it on a huge stage in front of like thousands of people, right? And so I think I think um, the folks or the young people that have participated in those programs and have shared the stage for Celebrating Words, I think they will forever be impacted by that. And I think uh, that's, you know, one of the thousands of reasons we do this, but that's definitely um, one of my favorite, you know, and um, I know that I've seen the, the impact that music um, and music as an art has had in like people around me. And so I really just, I love that. And uh, I'm happy that we get to have it. And I, you know, I give a shout out to Tia Chuchas and the folks that, that started this. I actually think Michael and I think maybe Wendy were the first ones to organize the first year, I think, yeah. And, and I might've been also like, just, you know, hey, we have, you know, we got a grant, we want to volunteer. And um, I might be wrong, but that's what I remember. And, you know, look at them now. And, and so I think it's just, it's a great opportunity for our community. And, I'm excited to be a part of it. Those are some awesome memories. I remember, I think, um, the, probably the first one I went to after I was older, because I'm sure I went to the ones when I was younger. From what I can remember, mm -hmm. I, was, I was in high school, and I went, and I was getting all, like, super into jazz. And uh, right at the time that I got there, there's this band playing uh, Mulatu Astarque, um covers oh. and i was like i was like i was flipping out in front of everyone like jumping in front of the it's <laughs> like ethiopian jazz music playing band and um and i was just barely getting to know kelvin i was like this is mulatu astake it's like telling people oh, cool. this is mulatu astake they're playing they're, they're playing this ethiopian revolutionary music and uh um so i was like that was that was and i had just walked in like i just got in there i was like what so yeah. that was really cool uh last year when i was volunteering to um help with the book distribution mm -hmm. just seeing the like e eagerness of like my community and uh, the um, both like bilingual families and just how excited everyone was to get a book and how willing people were to do the surveys and to um and, and and to get a book and just watching them go away as the day passed by, I was really I was really grateful to be a part of that. Yeah, those are yeah. some of mine. I didn't mention that, but that's a big one. What about you, Rebecca? Um, hmm. I think I'm coming at it as a, like helping out kind of way. Oh, okay. Um, the memories of everybody like working together. Um, we're not in our setting, we're not in our usual setting, we're like, at, like, well, the only one I've, the only uh, Celebrating Words festivals that I experienced are at, um, at the, we're at the Pacoima City Hall, and it just, I don't know, it just feels really good to, once we see it all happen, like, it's kind of like putting all the, the, the abstract, like, all together, oh, yeah. it happen, and us all together, like, making it happen. Um, yeah. I think that's that's where I'm uh with that's the way I'm approaches like I feel like I'm fond of seeing uh, everybody in their shirts and and like going like yeah. everybody just like doing different things I, I I think uh I like that that feeling too of um, yeah seeing it all put together and um seeing people come and like are are really are really into all those um like activities um the mm -hmm. art engagement activities and having dialogue and um people who let's say are part of like um tc like um, let's say the michigan group they like work together too like just seeing people work together it makes me happy yeah. uh, and seeing uh, the community coming together and like enjoying what uh the Chucha family and the extended family is offering and like and seeing people receiving it I, that's what i feel like it's just um makes me happy just remembering so yeah no oh. i love it so many more celebrating words memories to be created yeah. and an open invitation to all people listening to please be a part of this festival number um 
and people are welcome to join and be a part of it no matter where they're at because it's a lot of it's virtual this year so mm -hmm. um for people that want to keep up to date you can follow the achuchas on instagram and find the achuchas on facebook and it's coming up i'm really uh, grateful to have this been our first our yeah our first episode of yeah we talks <laughs> thank you so much um Karina Seha for being a part of this and and and, and thanking Tia Chichas, thanking myself and thanking you, Rebecca. And really grateful for how this hour went. Me too. Very grateful to hear both of you and see both of you on the screen. I don't know if there's anything you want to add, Karina, to this. Um no, I think well I'll 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 finish with a. You know, just a reminder, it's uh, the festival, the virtual Celebrating Words Festival is happening um, this year from June 22nd through June 28th. And, um, you know, stay tuned for all the programming on our social media. Um, you know, join the, the Facebook invite, join the, the YouTube so you have access to all that. And I really hope folks join us from like all over, you know, all over the, the country, all over the world if possible. And I want to thank Tochli and Rebecca for having me on their first, very first podcast for Tia Chuchas. I'm excited and also uh, looking forward to many more and to keep hearing from y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you again for joining us. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow Tia Chuchas on social media. Please support our online bookstore. You can find the links in our podcast bio. Stay safe, stay creative. Diawi.